Hello, hello, Dizcasters. How are you all doing? Hope you're all having a wonderful day and a wonderful week. Uh, thank you for bearing with me with those pre-recorded, or that I guess really it was just the one pre-recorded episode. Uh, I had a really good time in L.A. Uh, it was really nice to go down and see all my friends and see people that I hadn't seen in, you know, literally years. So yeah, it was it was worth it. I really enjoyed myself. But back to the matter at hand. So today's episode is the final film of our little Winnie the Pooh series, uh, which is, of course, the live action Christopher Robin film starring Ewan McGregor. Uh, But before I get into that, I'm just going to read you some uh, quite a few uh, headlines here. So the first uh, has to do with um, Disney's position on the Don't Say Gay Bill and kind of the ramifications of all of that, of them coming out against it, obviously. Uh... It seems uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis was not happy about that. <laughs> and you know what? Honestly, who gives a shit? The guy's a piece of shit. So anyway, um, so Ron DeSantis come, came out and said he wants to strip Disney of all special privileges after they've expressed their uh, their opposition to the Don't Say Gay bill. Uh DeSantis says, quote, Disney has alienated a lot of people now, and so the political influence they're used to wielding, I think, has dissipated. And so the question is, why would you want to have special privileges in the law at all? And I don't think that we should. So what he's referring to is the fact that um, the reason that Walt chose Florida specifically to build uh, what would become Disney World is because they were in the 60s, they were granted the special privilege of being able to kind of self-govern themselves uh as kind of their own governmental body not to say that there's like a president or a prime minister or whatever or like any sort of um political head in disney world but just so that they could effectively just kind of function on themselves and they wouldn't have to worry about anything externally uh now desantis or uh, republican legislators in florida have discussed repealing a 1967 law establishing the reedy creek improvement district allowing disney to operate as its own government around disney world so that's kind of like the big thing they're basically threatening that uh because of their position on everything um honestly i mean are they gonna do it eh, i think they're just kind of dangling it and just kind of threatening it whether they will i don't know but I guess technically they have that ability. I just wonder what that would look like, right? Because, I mean, what would that mean? Would that mean that then they would have to govern by, they would have to go by the same laws as the rest of the state of Florida? But then the question is, what laws would that pertain? Like, you know, I, I mean, I, of course, I have no idea how the politics works and everything, so I don't really know. But, yeah, it's just, it's interesting, very interesting it'll be interesting to see what happens that's kind of the big thing just basically Ron DeSantis is like man you said no to my thing so I'm gonna get back at you just because like the fuck whatever he's like I don't know man these Republicans just get grumpy over everything like if something doesn't go their way they just whine and bitch about it it's just so fucking stupid um Disney this week uh, had said, quote, our goal as a company is for this law to be repealed by the legislature or struck down in the courts. Of course, talking about the Don't Say Gay Bill. And we remain committed to supporting the national and state organizations working to achieve that. We are dedicated to standing up for the rights and safety of LGBTQ plus members of the Disney family, as well as the LGBTQ plus community in Florida and across the country. So it's pretty, I mean, seems pretty... uh, certain as to what they're planning and what's going to happen is that they're going to stick with their decision which is the right decision of course 
and they're going to just stick to it. So I guess we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens with these Republicans and whatever. But a big way that they're doing that is actually it has been announced that the the same sex kiss that was going to be featured in the new Buzz Lightyear film that was originally pulled, you know, for whatever fucking reason, has now been reinserted into the film. So this is a good sign. And I think it'll be, you know, I think it'll be good. It'll be good for the company. It'll be good for everybody who's a fan. And I think it'll be like one of the first instances in which we act, we actively see a Disney film feature a same-sex kiss. And so I think in, I think it can only really it can only go well. Well, no, that's not true. There will be backlash, of course, because you know there are people who there are stupid and shitty people in the world. So yeah. Uh, other random headlines here. Uh, <laughs> uh, Disney's Pirates of the Caribbean ride has undergone a little bit of. Um, refurbishment um apparently and i don't remember if it's in disney world or if it's in disneyland but on the pirates ride some editing has occurred uh the headline reads grotesque image removed from disney's parts of the caribbean ride and in the quote-unquote grotesque image that they are referring to is the fact that apparently some of the pirates had like like some of the animatronics themselves had like built-in bulges to like give them bulges and honestly i'd never seen it before i'd never seen it before i never noticed it so maybe it's only specific to the disney world version but i just think that's hilarious <laughs> and i think it's wild that they even existed so yeah so imagineers went in and actually cut them off like obviously i don't think they were actual like penises but i just whatever it was that was causing these bulges they just went in and went snip and just snip them right off so now that's how the the rides have been edited so it's nothing huge. Well, I mean, I say nothing huge, but like, it's nothing big in the grand scheme, but I just think it's really funny that they went and did it. Uh, another bit of news here is that, uh, of course, Disney parks are raising their annual pass and ticket prices effective immediately. Now, this isn't necessarily news only because this was uh, prefaced by Bob Chapek. At one point, he did say that they were coming. And so we knew that they were coming with the fact that they did in the first place, I think is a problem. Because currently, people are not happy. People are not happy with what's going on. People are not happy with... Uh, the state of the parks i mean like people especially disney world are attending the parks and coming out of it incredibly frustrated and feeling like they're being cheated because especially people who who have gone pre-pandemic and now post-pandemic they're seeing the difference and they're seeing the downward trajectory that the parks are going things are breaking down way too quickly things are things are being broken down for too long Lines are crazy. Uh, costs of things are going up, even though certain amenities and certain benefits have been removed. Like, portion sizes are shrinking in, in some food establishments. The fact of the matter is, is that they are asking for more money for less. And it's bullshit. And honestly, I'm not surprised because this is the way that JPEG has been working the entire time. It's all about money. And... I don't know, man. Like, I'm like, I wonder if he even listens. Like, does he listen to the park goers? Does he listen to the people that attend that go to these places? I don't think he does because he's functioning in so much his very own world. It seems that I think he's just fully 
like unless it happens to him directly into his face i don't think he knows and i think he's just oblivious to it and i think it's on purpose and it's really terrible and it's shitty and he needs to go like this is this is insanity this is this is beyond bonkers like to not listen to the to the people of whom you are having in your like it's basic customer service and it sucks because the people that are probably getting the most like um flack for it are the cast members and it's not their fault they're they have no they have no say over what's going on it is entirely it is entirely up to chapek and he is doing absolutely nothing to benefit anyone except for like you know the people to whom all this money goes to and it's and it sucks and it's awful <sighs> i'm just waiting for the day when chapek finally is either fired or leaves because this is it's just not good it's awful However, to end on a much uh, a much happier note, uh, Disney is removing all mentions of traditional gender roles at the theme parks. So, if you've been to the theme parks or if, you, or if you've ever like watched any sort of ride-throughs or any sort of videos in regards to the Disney parks, you, you'll usually hear something along the lines of with an introduction of "ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls," uh, as like just a general welcoming, right? However, all that is changing now. Uh, it's actually been like sent out as like a big like training video for the cast members and for the staff. Uh, it'll no longer be ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Uh, they have provided training for all their cast members and in relationship to that, so that now they know it's hello everyone or hello friends. The phrase "dreamers of all ages" has replaced uh, "ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls" for announcements at the fireworks show at the Magic Kingdom in Florida. So. It's just nice to know that they're being, you know, it's nice to know that they're being uh, conscious of it. Uh, they go, uh, goes on to say, we want to create that magical moment with our cast members and with our guests. And we don't want to just assume because who someone might be in our interpretation may be presenting as female that they may not want to be princess. Which I think is fair because you might have somebody who seems femme presenting but doesn't want to be referred to as princess, which I think is totally valid. Disney's use of gender-neutral language isn't unique. The other companies have altered how they refer to customers in the face of shifting social expectations. British Airways last year followed other airlines in instructing crew members to drop ladies and gentlemen in favor of gender-neutral language when speaking with customers. So it seems like this whole concept of uh, removing the sex from the introduction uh, actually seems to be kind of becoming really uh, prominent, which I think is really good. And it's just a small change. Like, it's not like, it's a change, but it's also not. It's a change in that, sure, the words are different, but the meaning is still the same. It's just how, it just happens to be a little more inclusive. And so it's just wild to me that there are people who are like super annoyed by it. I'm like, why are you mad? Has this changed for you? Do, are, are, do you not identify as a friend of uh, of the park? Do you not identify as everyone like i don't know just some people it's just wild some people just get super grumpy for the most ridiculous things anyway but that's kind of a nice thing to see it's nice to see that the disney parks are you know moving forward in that sense and especially within with the uh in regards to like what's gone on with the don't say gay bill and stuff like that and just being conscious of inclusivity and things like that that's nice so, those are the very, very quick headlines. 
Now, we're on to the main topic, which is, of course, Christopher Robin, which is the live-action film that came out in 2018, starring Ewan McGregor. Uh, my initial thoughts of this film, I thought it was okay. I thought it was cute. Um, what I did like, I liked how they... Uh, how they, the I liked I liked the character designs of the characters. I liked how they designed Pooh Bear and Piglet and Tigger, Eeyore, all of them, because they all looked very true to the animated the animated versions, while at the same time being very realistic in how they would look. Because a lot of them are supposed to be stuffed. They're supposed to be stuffed animals, right? So they looked like basically live action versions of their stuffed animal selves. Or hold on. Live stuffed animal versions of their animated selves. I think they looked really, really good. Ewan did a, Ewan does a great job. Ewan McGregor in general is just really great. I love him. Um, the big thing about this film, however, is that it's very much the classic story of, you know, young kid grows up, forgets what it's like to be a kid, is be you know is Mister Business, and you know forgets how to have fun and blah blah blah. And then is reminded about what it's like to be a kid when his former friends show up, you know, that and remind him. Uh, it's we've seen this happen many times before. We've like early. We even saw it in Mary Poppins Returns when it happened with uh, 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 with little Michael Banks. It also uh, reminded me of the film Hook, which is basically the same thing, you know, with Peter growing up and falling in love with Wendy's granddaughter and then becoming, I think he becomes a lawyer in that movie, if I remember correctly, and then having to go back to Neverland and then he gets reminded that he's Peter and blah, blah, blah. Like, this concept is not new. So the way that things went down were just kind of like, oh, okay, well, you know, this is fine. This is cute. Um, it's really just kind of, visually i really liked it visually it was really nice so yeah and like there's really not much more to say about it it's just kind of that i mean let's go through it so let's go through this film so it basically starts off kind of like effectively where a lot of these kind of uh reboots not reboots these continuations kind of leave off where like in the original original film at the end of the film it's uh, christopher robin goes off to school so basically this film starts with uh, a farewell party because christopher robin is going to boarding school which was which is very common for like upper uh, middle upper class uh british boys and uh because that's what peter or that's what christopher was and so he says goodbye to his friends in the hundred acre wood and everybody says goodbye it's a very cute little goodbye party Christopher is is uh, comforting Pooh Bear and saying, you know, like he, he will never forget him and everything. And then we see kind of these images uh, of Christopher growing up. You know, he's growing up, he's getting older, he's been a teenager, and then eventually he's, he becomes, or he gets enlisted into the, or he meets his wife, he meets his future wife, gets enlisted into the war, goes to war. They have a daughter that he doesn't he doesn't know about until he comes back, and then once he comes back, he's just kind of back. Uh, I think it's the oh I can't remember which war it was. Uh, I think it's the first World War. If I trying uh oh no sorry it's the second World War. So he goes to the second World War, comes back, and then basically just tries to you know. Uh, live his life again and so he's working at this luggage company called Winslow Luggages as a director of efficiency 
And yeah, it's basically that he becomes Mr. Business effectively. Uh, we see, we see this happening in that he, it becomes very apparent that he's like neglecting his family. Uh, we see it with how he interacts with his wife and with his daughter and kind of being more, he's, he's being too adult with his daughter, even though his daughter just kind of wants to be a kid. And we see this a couple of times, especially when he like, when she like asks him to read her a bedtime story and he read and he reads her like this book about history. And she's like, and she was like really hoping for like a fairy tale, but it's like, and she just cuts him off. She's like, you know what, dad, I'm really tired. I'm going to go to bed. And I'm like, Oh, uh, but yeah. And so, uh, Basically, what happens is he had planned to go on a weekend trip to his old family cottage, his old family cottage, for the weekend. But then he gets asked to stay behind and work because they need to make a twenty. They need to make, uh, they need to decrease expenditures by twenty percent in the company, and so he's being asked to stay behind and work overtime. Now, while all this is happening. During the montage of him growing up, we were there was intercut with clips of Pooh Bear and Piglet kind of standing in front of Christopher Robin's house, the house that he has that live, that's like in a tree, and you know we can see that time sort of passes, and then eventually uh, Pooh Bear wakes up and he sees that all of his friends have vanished, and so he he realizes the only thing he can do is go to Christopher. So he goes to Christopher's house, and then he goes into the tree, and he passes into our world. So now it's kind of the idea that the Hundred Acre Wood isn't necessarily like just uh, like a backyard thing that he would go into, but it's actually a different realm almost. Like it's a it's a portal into a whole other world where his animal friends can live and breathe, kind of thing. So Pooh Bear passes through this tree, and then he ends up not at the house, but in London. In like a park that's directly in front of Christopher Robbins' house. So one morning uh, after the announcement, after he's been told that he needs to stay behind for work, Christopher Robin comes home after that first day, sits sits in the on a bench in the park, and then he hears Pooh Bear's voice and he turns around and he's like freaked out that he's there. He's like, how are you here? How? What is happening? I must be going mad and everything. And so... He sees Pooh Bear again for the first time in, like, I don't know, 20, no, like, I don't know, 30 years or some shit. So, of course, he panics, and he takes Pooh Bear into the house. And he's, like, freaking out. He's, like, how did you get here and everything? He's, like, you know, and Pooh Bear's trying to explain. I was just, I just came looking for you kind of thing, right? Uh, but Christopher has just more or less just accepted the fact that Pooh Bear is now just existing in his in his flat, which is funny because, like, how would you react if a walking, talking, stuffed bear just walked into your life? Right. He's taking it very, very well. Uh, And so he just kind of does that and accepts that he exists. And then the next morning, he resolves that he needs to take him back to the Hundred Acre Wood to go help him find his friends. So he takes the trip all the way to uh, I don't know exactly where I think it's Sussex. Uh, Takes him back to Sussex, where the old family cottage is. And then at the cottage, uh, as they're trying to sneak past the house, because, of course, he's not supposed to be there because that's what he told his wife. Right. So he sneaks past the cottage and then they see uh, they see the wife. They see the daughter. Christopher kind of, you know, pseudo introduces them to Pooh Bear, uh, that kind of thing. Um, He makes a comment about how his daughter is like, yeah, no, she she's work because she's trying to do 
homework and stuff because the intention is that the daughter is supposed to go to boarding school. But the wife doesn't really want that, and neither does the daughter. The daughter just wants to, you know, just be and wants to be a child and stuff like that. And so it's we get hints and things that the daughter is not happy with her life and is not happy with the fact that, you know, her dad is constantly working and is never really around. And uh, so, yeah, so he goes goes over to the tree, goes through the tree portal into the 100-acre wood, and then all the while is, like, trying to help Pooh Bear find his friends, but then he kind of, uh, they're hearing noises and everything, and Pooh Bear is like, oh, like, got to watch out for the heffalumps and the woozles, and Christopher Robin's like, there's no such thing, you know, it's that classic, it's that classic ad- uh, child-turned-adult thing where he's, like, dismissing anything that he ever thought of and created as a child, and then eventually just Pooh Bear just kind of vanishes, somewhere um because he frustrates christopher to a point where christopher just eventually just lashes out and uh snaps at him and so Pooh just kind of you know walks away and then christopher falls into a pit uh gets knocked out has a dream that a heffalump is chasing him uh and then wakes up and finds himself in the pit um and then realize that he's alone. So now he's going around trying to, like, fight everybody. And then he finds Eeyore, like, going down the river. It's very cute. Eeyore's just like, well, I guess this is how... Like, he's just, like, accepted his fate. He's like, well, I guess I'm here now, you know. And doesn't recognize Christopher Robin initially and thinks that he's a heffalump. And he's like, well, I guess the heffalumps found me. It's very cute. It's very Eeyore. It's very adorable. So Christopher's trying to tell Eeyore. He's like, no, 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 it's me, Christopher. I'm coming to save you. And there's a funny point in which he, like, he pinches his nose because he thinks he's going to jump and dive into this super deep river. And then he realizes, oh, no, it's like a stream. It goes up to my ankles because, oh, that's right. I grew up. (laughs) It's just very funny. Uh, And then he goes and catches Eeyore before he goes over the quote-unquote waterfall, which isn't actually a waterfall. It's, you know, just a little lip. But, of course, when you're a kid, things seem so much bigger, right? Especially when you have your imagination running wild. So he goes and grabs Eeyore, takes Eeyore along, follows the sound, like follows the root of the sound that they've been hearing, and then finds out that Owl's house had actually fallen over. And the sound that was causing all like this weird creepiness was in fact the weather vane. And so uh, Christopher takes the weather vane and he's like, see Eeyore, this is what it was. This is all it was. And he goes and tries to find everybody else. Uh, and then everybody else, he finds them in... He finds them all inside of a log, uh, kind of hiding because they think the heffalumps have come to get them. And so Christopher Robin comes in and is like, I found you all. And they all still think that he's a heffalump. And then eventually he just kind of fakes that he's fighting one. It's very funny. And takes Eeyore with him. And then it's during this time when he's playing and imagining that Eeyore starts to recognize, it is you, Chris. Like, it's the exact same moment, it, like in Hook, when... <laughs> It's the, uh, it's the, you're doing it, Peter. You're playing. It's that, it's that moment. It's the exact same moment when he's playing and he's imagining and then they recognize him as Christopher Robin and blah, blah, blah. We've seen, again, we've seen this before. We've seen this whole concept before. Anyway. So everybody finally recognizes this Christopher that he's grown up. And they all go and find Pooh Bear who's sitting in like their, in like the shared spot that he and Christopher would have that like overlooks the 100 acre wood. It's actually very nice. 
And they all get there. Uh, Christopher ends up passing out and then wakes up and he freaks out because it's the next day and he's got to catch a train to get back to London in order to present this uh, pitch for 20% savings. And so with the help of his friends, he gathers his briefcase, uh, which has all of his important files and papers. He says goodbye to everybody and he leaves. When he leaves, unfortunately, he gets caught by the wife. So now the wife uh, is like, you know what, we're going to stay here. We're going to stay here a little longer. Clearly, like, the Christopher does not know, does not understand the fact that what he's doing is pushing them is pushing him apart even though he thinks that what he needs to do is work 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 in order for to provide a better life you know again it's that whole thing where work isn't always the best thing to do you have to at least allow for a little bit of you know play and frivolity and even just a little bit of time that's really the best thing right but he doesn't understand that yet so he apologizes uh the wife is not happy the daughter thinks that you know he's there and then he leaves so she's upset uh, so he goes, he hops on the train, but we see that this interaction has kind of stayed with him a little bit because now he's starting to play games as he's on the train, you know, he's pointing out things that he sees, which is what Pooh Bear was doing on the way to this, on the way to Sussex. So he's playing these games and then they realize, uh, that the important papers that Christopher had in his briefcase are not as, are not in his briefcase and that in fact they are with, Pooh Bear and all the other characters. And so Pooh Bear freaks out. He's like, oh, no, no, no. He needs these because then a woozle will get him. And then uh, the woozle is in reference to his boss, Winslow. Is uh, an otherwise Winslow will get him. Or at least will, like, gobble him up, as they say. And so, they, so now Pooh Bear, Tigger, Piglet, and Eeyore all go on a mission to take these important documents back to Christopher to help him. So they pass through the portal and they go in and they go end up at the cottage where they meet his daughter, where they meet Christopher's daughter. And so at when they meet her, she recognizes them from some old drawings that Christopher had because Christopher used to draw his character friends. And so she knows them. And so they all together decide to go on this mission to go and save their dad uh, or uh, Christopher. And so they end up on the train. They end up going. The mom is freaking out because now the kid is gone and left a note saying, you know, going on an adventure or whatever. And then she realizes, oh, shit. Like, just gone, gone. Chases off to her, off under the train, is, like, narrowly just behind. And so the so then Christopher ends up back at the company with his briefcase, not knowing what's in it or what's not in it, and ends up inside this meeting. Uh... And so what happens is the daughter is kind of like bouncing from like from a truck into something or going different ways uh, via, I guess, like truck to get to the office so as to give Christopher Robin the papers. The wife heads directly to the office and tells him what's happened. And so Christopher pauses the meeting, which has like a bunch of like the business executives in it and finds out what's happened and so he needs to excuse himself to go and find her and so now the wife has no idea what's happening she presents the note which is something on like which says something along the lines of like gone on an uh it's supposed to say gone on an adventure but it doesn't say adventure it says it in a different way and that's when he realizes oh that's not madeline that's probably one of the other characters and so he knows 
And so he and so he basically tells his wife the entire story. She, of course, doesn't fully believe him until there's like a tiny little a minor accident in which three of these characters end up fleeing off of this truck bed uh, and land on the windshield of Christopher Robin and his wife's car. And so it's in that moment that she realizes, oh, everything that he's saying is true and these characters exist. These characters are real. And then from there, uh, Pooh Bear and Madeline, uh, his wife or his daughter, are on their way and they end up losing some of the papers. And they get sad and they're sitting on the steps of, uh, they're sitting on some steps that are in front of the, in the office building. And then eventually Christopher Robin and his wife find her and they're, uh, and they're all excited that she's okay. Madeline begins to apologize that she knows she, she lost the papers. And then uh, Christopher's like, you know what? That's fine. And then he realized it's, it's at this point where that he realizes that hit the most important thing to him, which was his daughter. He's losing time with, you know, it's, it's that realization. Uh, it's, it's that whole thing where it's like, Oh, like I realized where I fucked up and I'm going to, and I'm going to fix it kind of thing. And so, yeah. And so he kind of decides to either, I, I don't think he decides to fully quit, but he's going to try and like, you know, uh, limit his time and have more time with the family. And so he tells his daughter that he, she doesn't need to go to boarding school. If she doesn't want to. So there's at least a little bit of character growth and character development here. Uh, there's one piece of paper that, that he's able to salvage, and it's of like a graph, a triangle graph, that shows like pro, uh, that shows like costs and profits uh, depending on people who are per- actually purchasing the um, the luggage of which they're selling in the first place. So he realizes something, because I think Pooh Bear mentioned something about like looking at things in a different perspective or something like that, and then. He goes off and he re- and he realizes something, so he runs back into the meeting. And during and like while that's going on, uh, Winslow Jr. is kind of like saying about how it's like, oh, like Christopher's gone mad and blah blah blah. Is like pulling out like sticks and like stuff from uh, from inside the briefcase, which is stuff that Tigger put into the briefcase as a way for Christopher to remember them by. You know, like really sweet keepsakes. Eeyore's tail is in there for some goddamn reason because Eeyore's tail always has to fall off kind of thing, right? And so then what happens is they're kind of trying to figure out what's going on, but Christopher Robin returns and presents this new concept. But before he does that, he kind of like asks Winslow Jr. is like, what about you? Well, what's your plan? You know, because you were supposed to be working the entire weekend as well, right? But of course, when Christopher Robin first shows up back at the at the at the office, we see Winslow Jr. standing next to his assistant, and his assistant is holding uh, a caddy full of golf clubs. So we we immediately know that that Winslow Jr. didn't actually do any work, but actually left all the work to Christopher Robin so that he could take all the credit, right? Because all he did was go off and sell and relax over the weekend and went golfing and blah blah blah. So he kind of calls him out on it. But the solution that Christopher Robin came with, came up with, is the fact that the vast majority of people that are purchasing this luggage are high class people. And so what he decides to, so what he says, he's like, what if we flip it? And what if we give, what if you give your employees paid vacation and we reduce the cost of these luggages? So that the people that are here in the office, 
now that they have paid vacation, they can go off and and they can go off on vacation. But what are they going to need? They're going to need luggage. And with the reduced cost of the luggage, all these other people can now also go on vacation and they will purchase this luggage. So it's basically that. Selling the luggage to ordinary people to increase demand and give the employees paid leave. Winslow Jr., uh, the guy who, you know, the asshole, dismisses the idea. He thinks it's ridiculous. However, Winslow Sr. warms up to it and agrees with it. And then Winslow Sr. kind of calls Jr. out on like, well, what was your plan? What was your idea? Weren't you working on this project too? And then it's like, oh, like, like it comes out, of course, that Winslow Jr. had no plan because he didn't do any work. And so from there... Uh, they take Christopher's idea, and uh, and yeah, and basically everything works out well. Christopher and his family, along with all the other characters, they all go back to the Hundred Acre Wood so as to meet everyone else. And it basically ends on a nice, happy picnic. Everyone's happy. Christopher Robin is kind of back to his old self, more or less. And his daughter is now enjoying time with Pooh Bear and all the other characters. And so, yeah. That's pretty much it. It's it's very cute. It's very sweet. Uh, there's uh, a mid credit scene with the employees of Winslow's have, having fun at the beach. Uh, Pooh, Tigger, Piglet, and Eeyore are relaxing on beach chairs with Eeyore saying, thank you for noticing me. It's all very cute. Uh, but again, this movie isn't anything new. It's, it's, a, it's, it's, it's an older concept that's just done in a newer way. I suppose. Um, but all in all, I did enjoy it. I thought it was very cute. It was also just very cool to see these characters done in live action like that. And I thought they did, like I said, I thought they did them really, really well. Uh, for the voices, of course, we have Jim Cummings back as Winnie the Pooh and Tigger. Uh, Brad Garrett um, is Eeyore. He's one, he's one of those guys. He's... He's a guy that you would know uh, if you saw him. He was on, like, Everybody Loves Raymond. He has, like, that really deep voice. Uh, Peter Capaldi is Rabbit. Uh, Toby Jones is Owl. Uh, yeah. And so, like, the only ones that are really, like, there's a few that are dis- decisively different, or op- so very obviously different. Like, uh, Piglet's voice is incredibly different from what we're used to. Um, because Piglet's voice up until now has just kind of been very like, oh, very meek and very quiet. Whereas this one, he's a little louder, but he has a really hard British accent. Um, but it really didn't bother me. Like it caught me off guard for a second because I'm not used to the voice, but then of course you warm up to it. And, uh, yeah, but all in all, I did like it. Uh, it, the budget was 75 million box office was 197.7 million. So, you know, it did pretty well. And yeah, uh, again, you and McGregor just did a really good job. I thought it was really, I thought it was all right. I would probably give it, what would I give it? <sighs> Six or seven out of 10, I think. Some along those lines. Yeah. It's not bad. It's not amazing. Um, but it's, it's a fun movie. It's a good movie, I think. And I do think that this lesson matters. The idea of not letting your your childness your youth die because in doing so and maybe this is a generational thing maybe this is just because my generation is so 
kind of, I guess, obsessed with, not obsessed with that concept, but it's, it's more that my generation just really appreciates it because otherwise, what the fuck else do we have? And the world as we know it right now is just, we need a little more than what we have because otherwise if we were to just kind of sit here and just exist in the world as is it would be so boring and honestly incredibly depressing so I think this lesson of never letting your child side go I think has merit and I think is something that we need to consider and remember matters if that makes sense so yeah, I'd watch it. I'd probably watch it again at some point. I, I didn't hate it. I thought it was all right. Uh, yeah. Now, next week, we are on to The Rescuers. Ooh. I'm actually pretty excited for this. The Rescuers I really, really enjoy. I think it's a really, really fun movie. Um, how we're going to do... Because there's two Rescuers films. I'm still going to try and figure out how to do those. But for now... We're going to jump into The Rescuers, and I'm really excited for it. I, I don't know if it's necessarily underrated or underappreciated, but I definitely don't think it's one of those films that people super know very well. But I'm excited to get into it. I really I really enjoy that film. Uh, so, yeah. So, we'll see you all next week for The Rescuers, and I hope you all have a wonderful week. Uh, you know, eat some food, take your meds, drink your water, all that jazz. You know, just take care of yourself. And yeah, I'll see y'all next week. Bye.